Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Aren't you thankful for the blessings of the Lord? Some people live to count their disappointments, their problems, their issues, and their woes. The child of God counts their blessings. Counts their blessings. Matter of fact, we're going to be talking about blessings today and how to unlock them. And I want to point you directly to the Word of the Lord, Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to be reading verses 6 through 10. Galatians 6, 6 through 10. I love the Word. How about you? I love the Lord of the Word. Amen. Paul writes, Let him that is taught in the Word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. I could teach a lesson on this, but here's a spiritual principle. I'm going to stop here and give this to you. You wonder sometimes, how can you thank a man of God or someone that delivers a Bible study to you, a word to you, that preaches to you and teaches to you? How can you respond to that beyond your amen and obedience to the word of God? Paul says, you communicate naturally what is communicated spiritually to you. Amen. And so the way you do that is that you communicate back naturally. Here is some tomatoes out of my garden. Sorry, Bishop, but I'm taking them. (laughs) Here is, do you understand the principle is that you communicate back naturally what is being taught to you spiritually. Amen. That's lesson number one and that. That is not even in my notes, but I think you need to know that. Verse 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And And let us not be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in that sowing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, we want to live by it. God, we take it as indeed the authentic, authority, divinely inspired word. We take it, Lord Jesus, as it is written. Now help us, God, in understanding your word, that your spirit would fall down on the word and make it come alive to us in revelation. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the house of the Lord today. Nobody starts out life saying, how can I be a failure? How can I live my life so bad that I'm a failure? Most everybody wants to be a success. Prosperous, blessed. There are all kinds of books and videos and periodicals and posts and blogs that teach us the key to success. I looked up this morning the phrase, keys to success on Google. And I found 7.5 million results. That means there's 7.5 million ways to be successful. That lets us know there's a lot of opinions about what success means and how to attain it, what prosperity means and how to get it. 
Jesus set forth a principle that is a kingdom principle, and you don't have to go Google search. You can go Bible search. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus said in Luke 6 and 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. The key to kingdom blessing is not really about money. It's about giving. It's not really about possessions, but it's about giving. Jason Crabb sings a song I, I really like. It says, if you want to get love, then give it. If you want to feel some forgiveness, you've got to let go and do some forgiving of your own. Let that sink. If you want a friend, then be one. A little bit of kindness shows up. You'll be su surprised in how, much, uh, in how much finds its way back home if it don't matter what it is. If you need it, if you want it, give it. It's a kingdom principle. Need freedom? Give up, not hold back. If you need freedom, don't quit out of despair, but surrender to God's will. Give up, and giving sacrificial is a surrender that gives lasting freedom. Amen. Hoarding and holding does not give lasting freedom. Need forgiveness? Release the right to hold a grudge. <clears throat> Crickets. Release the right to hold a grudge, to be angry of some perceived injustice. Forgive. We forgive because we have been forgiven. Need some security? Need some control in your life? Then give over. Relinquish the right to control. Relinquish the right to have everything under your thumb. Place it in God's hands. <clears throat> Crickets. Need a financial blessing? Then give to. Provide generously in helping others and giving to others and giving to needs and to causes. This type of giving is surrendering God's surrendering over to the, to the fact that fear of, of failure, the fear of lack does not have a control on me. The kingdom principle is give up, give over, forgive, give to. Amen. In the kingdom, surrender trumps or is victorious over selfishness and hoarding every time. Giving, giving. Giving is the nature of our heavenly Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son. Amen. Paul writes to the Romans when he says that he spared not his own son. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he gave us himself, robed in flesh, the son of God, then also he will give us so much more. If he gave us that sacrifice willingly. If Christ went to the cross willingly because he was going to give us salvation, then how much more will he give us other things that we need? God is a giver. That is his nature. That is who he is. That is what he does. Giving is an attitude long before it becomes an action. One man wrote, earning makes an industrious man. Spending makes a furnished man. Saving makes a prepared man. But giving makes a blessed man. A blessed man. Once we relinquish our right over our money, first of all, it's not our money. It's his money. 
And when you learn that we're just simply stewards, that means I got to save properly, I got to manage properly, I got to pay my bills properly, and I also have to know what the kingdom says about giving and tithes and offerings. Amen. If I submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, my hand is open and He can both give and He can take away. But I will tell you, He always gives more than He takes away. That is a kingdom principle. Giving unlocks everything when it comes to the blessings of the Lord. Paul writes, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that, somebody say that, you reap what you sow in some capacity. Amen. Paul uses the analogy of the farm to demonstrate the principle of sowing and reaping. It enacts every area of our life. Now, before I go any further into this, this kingdom key, I want to stop and teach you just a little bit <clears throat> about that the kingdom principle of harvest is not the same thing as karma. Kingdom harvest is not the same teaching that is in Eastern religion like Buddhism, Hinduism, and a lot of them mainly are in India and around that area. Karma has no grace. Karma has no redemption. Matter of fact, you got, if you don't get karma in this life, you got reincarnated to get karma in your next life. Baloney. That's not the kingdom. Karma teaches that the universe will render to us good for good and bad for bad. In other words, good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people. Yet, because we are imperfect people, karma will always produce condemnation. We're not good people. So it produces condemnation. On the other hand, the gospel produces grace. The gospel of Jesus Christ reverses curses. The gospel of Jesus Christ says, sin, I'll redeem it. Amen. It's not karma. Karma will say, you got diagnosed with an illness, it's your fault. Did, did a hurricane destroy your home or a tornado destroy your home? Well, you had it coming. That's what karma says. Amen. There's no room for mercy or transformation in karma. There is no grace. There is no forgiveness. Amen. But I want to say in the kingdom when it comes to reaping and sowing, praise God for forgiveness. Praise God for grace. It's not about crop failure. It's about crop change. The principle of sowing reaping is not some get-rich-quick scheme. It is not some prosperity-quick scheme. It is a scheme. I wish to goodness that a lot of this prosperity gospel so comfortable that's preached by these preachers that are living in multi-million-dollar homes and drive, driving multi-thousand or million-dollar cars and, and having airplanes. And I don't begrudge anybody if that's what your, your life has, has brought you, but if you're doing it off the back of a widow... If you're doing it off the back of somebody that is just barely getting by and they think they're giving to this ministry because they're going to be blessed, that's a Ponzi scheme. That's not gospel. Right. <clears throat> it is not the fact that sowing and reaping is some unalterable way of, of you know, if I, if I sow this, I'm going to get this, and I sow to get. I don't sow to get. I give because it's a principle's promise. Christian industrialist R.G. Letourneau used to say, if you give because it pays, it won't pay. If you give because you're looking for just the benefit, you'll miss the blessing. That's what R.G. Letourneau said, but Jesus Christ said it's more blessed to. Jesus Christ said it's more blessed to. Give than receive. The goal is not the harvest. The harvest will come if the goal is giving. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. The harvest will come if the attitude of the offering is right. You can lay down a trillion dollars and not get anything back in the kingdom principle if the attitude is wrong. Amen. It's got to be a faith. It's got to be according to the scripture and the right attitude about giving, sowing, 
Say this with me. Sowing is more important than my reaping. Go ask a farmer. It matters what the soil is. It matters what the seed is. The sowing is more important. If the soil is right and the seed is right, he doesn't have to worry about the harvest. The effect is going to take place. Praise be to God. Proverbs eleven eighteen. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, 8 and 9. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity. The rod of his anger shall fail. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. For he giveth of his bread to the poor. God wants our attitude and foundation to be connected to the sowing to understand the harvest. Isaiah 3 and 10. Say, say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be, give, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. It is a principle that you reap what you sow, but it must be done in a correct manner. Look at Hosea's rendition and thought of this when he says, sow to yourself, 10 and 12 of Hosea, sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Here's our problem in today's world is that we look at that text and we see it as a promise, but we want it with a microwave mentality. We want it to be able to punch a couple buttons and it, all of a sudden the Lord comes and rains righteousness upon him. The Bible doesn't say seek it for an hour. It doesn't seek it, seek it for five minutes. It doesn't say seek him for a, a, you know, a month. It says seek him till, until, until he rains. Seek him until he rains. It says in verse 13, you have plowed wickedness, you shall reap iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because thou didst trust in thy way in the multitude of mighty men. The harvest is determined by seed and what you sow and how you sow it in the soil. I want to talk to you today about how the blessings come through covenant. It comes through covenant. Look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. The Lord, through the pen of Moses, writes to us, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Whatever you're driving out there, it's not because you're just so talented and wise and everything like that. That's great and that's wonderful. But whatever you're driving, it's because God gave you the ability to get it. Wherever you're living is because God gave you the ability to get it. Huh. Amen. It's the Lord that gives the power to get wealth, but he has a reason that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. The purpose of the power to get wealth is to establish his covenant. The purpose to bless you is to establish his covenant. The purpose to prosper his people is so that his covenant can be then distributed throughout. If our desire to gain wealth is just to get more, amen, we're gonna, we, we might gain wealth, but we're not going to be connected to the covenant. God blesses so you can bless. God gives so you can give. God blesses me so I can bless someone else. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, true wealth is about valiant strength. For that word wealth means valiant strength, not big bank accounts, not a lot of abundance of a, a, a lot of possessions or abundance of goods, but it is valiant strength. Hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you, I've watched it over and over again to be true, as Jesus did when he came to the church and he watched Jesus. You know, Jesus stands by the offering plate, just in case you don't know. And he's watching as all these rich folk come and give of their abundance. Then a widow comes and gives of her living. Gave of her sacrifice. 
And Jesus said, she is going to be blessed more than these. It's not about the amount. It's about the attitude and the sacrifice. If you give out of your abundance, God bless you. Keep on giving. But if you want to go next level in the covenant connection with God, then give out of sacrifice. And God will bless you. Thank the Lord for that key that unlocks it. The blessings of God. God blesses those, and then he turns around and releases them to bless others. Dr. Tony Evans writes in one of his books, he said, If you don't know the agreement you are operating within, you won't know how to benefit from it. If you don't know the agreement you're operating in, then you won't know how to benefit from it. God blesses within the principle of kingdom covenant. Amen. We are prospered under the principles of kingdom covenant. Don't let the world be your your guide when it comes to wealth. Don't let uh, 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 Forbes and and Wall Street and and prosperity of the wicked be your guide when it comes to wealth. Uh, Amen. But let the covenant of this word be your guide. And I will tell you, God has done it over and over again in my life and Sister Gill's life is that he'll take care of you. You may not always feast on ribeye, but you can feast on round steak and be content. Hallelujah. It's about understanding that he's my supplier, he's my source, and I have an open-hand relationship with God. Oh, Job said it like this. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What does that mean? I can trust him when I have zero, and I can trust him when I got a load of money. Deuteronomy 29 and 9 also talks about the covenant when he says, Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Spiritual prosperity is connected to how we deal with natural mammon. John wrote the the epistle, in, 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 the, in his third epistle, he said, Beloved, he said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Again, the world is trying to have an idea of prosperity, but it's not a kingdom principle of prosperity. Amen. If you have contentment and godliness, you know what Paul said? That's great gain. Somebody say, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. Hallelujah. Do you know that, uh, that the, the, the American that is under the poverty line is more wealthy than a lot of people in third world countries? We're blessed. We're rich. Amen. But it's not about the amount of what you put on your taxes. I hope you're truthful. <clears throat> Just had to throw that in. Render to Caesar what is Caesar. Render to God what is God's. Oh, Lord, help us. I hate tax season. But anyway, <clears throat> it, it, it is about understanding that My prosperity is not based on my bank account. It's not based upon what I got in my garage or even if I have a garage. It's not based upon how much food I got in my my refrigerator or how many clothes I've got in my closet. It's based on my God shall supply all my need. According to his riches and glory, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to take a a look at the kingdom principle of blessing and trust him. What is the kingdom principle? It's to understand there's a king's portion and then there's our portion. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. Leviticus, it's okay if I'm just doing a little teaching today. All right. Leviticus 27 and 30. And all, just say that, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, and it is holy unto the Lord. If a person lies about their tithing, they're not lying to themselves. 
They're lying because it belongs to God. It's not my tithe. Can I say this? I don't pay my tithe. Or I, rather, I don't, I don't necessarily give my tithe. I pay my tithe because it belongs to God. It's already His. Amen. <clears throat> we need to be understanding the principle that it is holy unto the Lord. He is the one that owns it all. We are simply stewards. Now, I'm talking primarily today about the key of generosity, but there's also another key that must be worked together hand in hand, and that is good stewardship. We need to have good stewardship of our finances and good generosity. It is on those two legs that success and blessings walk on. Can you give God praise for that? Now, now, if you read some folks on Facebook, you could probably be real quick to find that there are people that believe that tithing is not biblical for the New Testament. That there's no such thing as biblical covenant of tithe in the New Testament. And they say, Jesus come to fulfill the law. All that's fulfilled. Well, if that's the case, there's a lot of other stuff that we don't need to be doing like stealing and cheating, we can go ahead and do that if he's fulfilled it under the idea. Let, 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 me, let me share with you what I wrote so I don't get off track. Jesus didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets. He came to fulfill the old covenant. He didn't come to put an end to the law. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to complete it. He came to fulfill it. Look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do them and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Then he goes into this, this, this uh, repeated statement. You have heard it said under the law. You have heard it said. And he talks about how that you're not supposed to kill your brother. But he said, if you hate your brother, you're guilty. You're messed up. You're out of order. You're, you're, you're destined for hell and condemnation. He said, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I say unto you that you're not to look on a woman to lust ever. What is Jesus saying? I'm telling you what the law looks like being fulfilled. It is taken to the next level of grace and mercy. It is taken to the next level of living for God in a way of fulfilling the intent of the law that the Jews still to this day cannot do it in their flesh, but we can do it according to the Spirit. That's why Paul writes and says that we're to walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. I can fulfill the intent of the law by being full of the Spirit and not the flesh that Jesus came to fulfill. Jesus did not come to destroy the law. He came to elevate it. He came to elevate it so that we could understand Amen. That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It belongs to him. The, the Bible says that the silver, God says the silver is mine. The gold is mine. Mm. The gold is mine. The silver is mine. He, the psalmist declares that every beast of the forest, the Lord says, is mine. <clears throat> and the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. I know all the fowls of the mountain, the wild beasts of the field, they are mine. Can I just tell you, we're in good hands with the Lord. He knows how to provide for us. He knows where the source is. He knows where the well is. He knows where the money is. He knows where the blessing is. The real question is, Lord, what should I do with my money? The real question is, Lord, what will I do with your money? Lord, what do I do with your money? <clears throat> All that we have is given to us by the King of kings and Lord of lords. Whether you are a Christian or not, whether you're saved or lost, everything comes by him. So every time one tithes unto the Lord,
They are acknowledging ownership. When you tithe, you are saying, this ain't mine in the beginning. You gave me the power to get wealth. Well, I went to school and got an education. Who gave you that brain? <clears throat> Who could cause that brain to go haywire in a minute? You can wake up the next morning and all everything you know, we, we, we automatically don't know who we are, where we are. <clears throat> that might be age problem. I don't know. But tithing is not a traditional, traditional monetary system designed by men for the church. It's not made up by bishop, nor myself, nor teachers and preachers from years gone by. Tithing is a kingdom covenant. It is a plan that originated not only in the law, it originated before the law. It was incorporated into the law, and now it is included in the New Testament when the Lord said he takes it to another level. When he takes it to another level, that means my blessings go to another level. When I tithe, that my blessings are going to go to another level. Mm. How many has proven that true? Faithfulness and tithing will take your blessings to another level. Hallelujah. I watch people that when they come to the Lord, they had nothing but begin to give in tithe and offering, and God blesses them, and they go from nothing to something. Amen. Why? Because it works. Tithing is a covenant of the New Testament era, not just the Old Testament. Amen. Through tithes and offerings, we acknowledge that God owns it all. Amen. That he's going to return it as he designs. Give and it shall be given back to you. Amen. Let's talk about tithe just a little bit further today. Amen. I think... I think this time of year, it's good to, to teach a little bit about it so we understand the power and blessing of tithe. In Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 22, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, and the field bringeth forth year by year, and thou shalt eat therefore, <clears throat> thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to the place to place his name, the tithe of the corn and of thy wine and of thy oil and thy firstlings, thy herds and thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. You're to bring it to the place the Lord said, this is where my place is, that you bring your tithe. Amen. I, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. And there's a lot of people that, that talk about, should I tithe on the gross or the net? And if I tithe on my gross, do I tithe on my tax return? Y'all with me? You know what the Bible says? You tithe on your increase. You tithe on your I'm telling you, I have learned not to quibble over net and gross. I don't quibble over tax return, not tax return. Oh, God, help me to tithe and give above that because I'm not worried about little bitty, you know, is it 12 cents or $12 or if it, you know, just got to get it. I'd rather do above and beyond because I realize the blessing is connected to the covenant. The blessing is connected. So, Lord, let me just say this. I want to be blessed. I want my children to be blessed. I want my grandkids to be blessed. I want that to go through. I want them to learn. And if you'll teach your son and daughter, the principle of tithing, it will come back to you bountifully. I've watched it as people that I have pastored over the years did not even attend church, but paid their tithes, and God blessed their business, and God blessed their life. Why? Because somewhere they learned that there is a covenant connection. It is not necessarily I pay my tithes because I want to go to heaven. I pay my tithes because I want to be a part of the covenant blessing. I want to be a part of God pouring out his blessing. Amen. People say it's a heaven or hell issue. It's not a heaven or hell issue as much as it is a covenant issue. It's a relationship issue. <clears throat> Thank the Lord for his blessings. <clears throat> Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek in Genesis 14 and 20. Years, hundreds of years before the law. He paid tithes in Genesis 14 and 20. 
Jacob promised God a tenth in Genesis 28 and 22. Before the law. Somebody say before the law. Then within the law, God gave a covenant to Israel. And God's law given to Moses stipulated all the particulars of what and where and how that they were to tithe. But tithing was not just an obligation. It connected Israel to the promises of Abraham. Think about that. It connected Israel, your tithe, and our Israel tithes connected them to the promises of Abraham, their father. Within the church, we know that Abraham paid tithe before the law. We've already established it. But Galatians, Paul writes, they which are of faith are of the children of Abraham. Let it sink in a minute. They which are of faith are of the children of Abraham. And if the children of Abraham, then we would do well to do the works of Abraham, John 8 and 39. So tithing connects you and I to the promises of Abraham. Goes all the way back to where the promise was, is in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. We understand that that first and foremost is in Jesus Christ, that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But I'm going to reach back by faith into the Old Testament faith of Abraham, and I'm claiming the promises, I'm claiming the blessings of Abraham, amen, as I tithe unto the Lord. Can you thank the Lord for that promise? It's the key to kingdom blessing. Go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 13 and verse number 1. Lord, help me today. Exodus 13, 1. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. Sanctify unto me the firstborn. Then if you jump down to verse 12, he says, Thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix and every firstling that cometh out of the beast, which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. It belongs to me. The firstborn male belongs to me. And every firstling of an ass or a donkey, thou shalt redeem it with a lamb. Because you can't offer up a donkey. It's an unclean sacrifice. So you go get a lamb and you offered that up for the stead of that donkey so it can be redeemed. He says, Then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of men among the children shalt thou redeem. Even the young men, there was a sacrifice to be made for them as they were the firstborn. Somebody say firstborn. Verse 14 says, and it shall be when thy son asks thee in time to come, saying, what is this? Why are we doing this? Thou shalt say unto him, by strength of the hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. According to the Old Testament covenant, the firstborn was either sacrificed or it was redeemed with a sacrifice. There was no guarantee that when that you produced a lamb and they sacrificed it, that there would be another lamb. But the Lord said, if you will sacrifice the first lamb, I'll bless that you with more lambs. You ever wonder why Jacob had so much success? Because he was under the covenant of promise. God blessed him. The difference between the firstborn of Egypt and the firstborn of the Jews was redemption, was it not? The firstborn sons of the, of the Egyptians died when the death angel passed over out of judgment. But those that were redeemed under the lamb's blood were saved. As long as they were in the house with the redeemed Blood of the lamb on the doorpost, they were saved. I want to tell you, that's what redeem meant. When I bring of my first fruits, amen, if I bring of the first that I have to God, first 
fruits and firstborn is very beautiful picture of tithing and giving to the Lord. Exodus 23 and 19 says, The first of the fruit, first fruits of the land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord, and thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. The firstborn and the first fruits belong to God. It was a symbol of tithe and how tithe is not an offering, but it was laid before the Lord as a thanksgiving that says, I thank you, Lord, for this first because you give me this first. I'm returning it back to you and I'm expecting that the rest to be blessed. I'm expecting that you to produce a whole lot more because that's your promise. Amen. When we bring of our first fruits of our tithe and we say we bring the tithe don't wait until the end to after you've paid all your bills and after you've done all your business do the first thing and say God I'm bringing my first fruits this is 10% I'm setting it over here for a covenant connection because then you promise me God you're going to take that 90% and you're going to teach me good stewardship you're going to teach me good management I'm going to take care of my money I'm going to up my credit score I'm going to make sure that I'm not in debt too far I'm going to make sure that I'm being wise with my money and God you are going to bless me. God, you're going to bless my 90%. Praise be to God. Can you thank the Lord for a promise like that? When I give God the first, I can expect the rest to be redeemed. He made a way. Tithing is an act of worship. Spiritual people understand that. Just as biblical as singing and praying and testifying, giving and tithing is a spiritual worship. In the New Testament, here's how Paul puts it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man... According as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity. For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness reigneth forever. Now he that ministered, listen to this, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for you, for your food, and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes us, <coughs> which causes through us thanksgiving to God. It's important that we understand it's not about the dollar amount, it's about the sowing amount. It's what I have in the barn compared to what I have in my giving, what I plant. There are, there are farmers today that they can put all the seed they want in their, in their barn. But it will not replicate until they put it in the ground. When they sow it, but when you sow it, it replicates and reproduces over and over again. Thank God. Thank God. I preach this and teach this today because this is a generous church. And I want to remind you where your blessings come from. I want to remind you where the harvest comes from. Amen. It is determined by your sowing. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Amen. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. If the motive is, I'm going to bless your kingdom, Lord. I'm going to give above and beyond my tithe in offering to missions, in offering, oh God, to the work of God and to help the kingdom of God go forward. He said, I'm going to report, respond upon you with outpouring of blessings. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you study that scripture out, he's talking about natural possessions. He's talking about giving and blessing. That's why he says, don't be weary in due season. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Let's wrap this up. Want to know how to unlock God's blessings? 
I got six things I want to give you in summary today. How to unlock God's blessings. Number one is simply plan. Somebody say plan. Plan Plan to give. Plan to bring your tithes to the storehouse. Plan. Know what season you're in and what harvest is needed. If you need a harvest in something, give that. You need a harvest in your relationship, then sow that. You need a harvest, you, you feel like need some forgiveness, then sow that forgiveness. Because you reap what you sow. If you want mercy, you better sow mercy. If you want love, you better sow love. See, that's a kingdom principle that we don't often talk about. It's not just about the money. It's about we reap what we sow. Well, my spouse is not treating me right. She is just a honorable thing, and she's not loving me right. What you sowing into her? Please don't poke your spouse on either side. You reap what you sow. If you sow, if you sow kindness, you're gonna get kindness back. If you sow show judgmental spirit, guess what you get back? You sow offense, guess what you get back? Mm. And the only thing that changes that is the cross. Praise be to God. Plan. Know what season you're in and what you need. Plant that so you'll reap that. The second is plow. The land needs to be receptive to receive the seed. Some fell on stony ground. Some fell on thorny ground. Some fell on this kind of ground. But let your seed fall on good ground. Do you know why Sister Gill and I give faithfully to, to Brother Edmonds in Taiwan? Because we've been there and we have seen. They may not need my money, but I need their soil. See what I'm saying? I need that. That's some healthy soil. That's some good soil. I'm going to sow in that because I want a little bit of that. You know how we talk about our cup of water offering when we have an evangelist that is coming? And we give a cup of water. What we're saying is that I'm sowing into that, so I'll reap their, what, they're, what they're getting. I'm going to reap a, ble- a blessing from that. That's powerful. By the way, Easter, we're having Brother uh, Reveille with us for three nights. Amen. We're going to have a great time. Uh, 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 Easter weekend, he's going to be with us. So we're going to have a, a cup of water offering. Amen, because I want to I sow into that. Whatever he, he is, God is using him in, I want to reap that. So the soil, got to plow it. Then you have to plant. You plan, you plow, you plant. That means you select the high-quality hybrid seed. Amen, then you sow it bountifully. Oh, my dad didn't, I, I didn't understand that principle very much when I was a kid, and he made me help plant with gardens. By the way, I hate working in gardens, and it's because I was abused as a child. <clears throat> but, you know, I'd plant one here, and I'd plant one over here, and I'd plant one. No, no, he told me the formula, and he said, this is how you need to plant it. Amen. You know what they call this when they throw seed out? Anybody know what that is? Say it. Broadcast it. Amen. That's what we ought to do with the mindset of our offerings and our giving. I'm going to broadcast some mercy. I'm going to broadcast some grace. I'm going to broadcast some giving. I'm going to broadcast. I'm going to make sure that that I got enough seed in this ground. And then the the fourth thing is after I plant, I got to protect. A good harvest requires that we protect the crop from the outside pestilence. We need to ward off fear. We need to ward off doubt. We need to ward off negativity. We need to ward off the beast of bad thinking and say, I am not going to be weary in well-doing because my season is not yet. So I'm going to take care of the soil and the seed until my season comes. Plan, plow, plant. Protect. Number five, pray. Ask God to provide what you can't. Lord, I can't get it to rain. I can keep the beast off, but I can't get it to rain. 
I need some rain. I need the sunshine. I need things that I can't do in my harvest. Lord, would you shine on this? Amen. Some of you that are in your business and that you are are self-employed, there are things that you have no control over. But if you'll honor God in your business with the the principles of the kingdom, he, he will pour out the sun and he'll pour out the rain and he'll pour out the blessing. Somebody say amen. I know it's true. Plan. Plow, plant, protect, pray, and then you will ultimately produce. Believe God for harvest. Believe God for harvest. Amen. Stand with me, please. The key to kingdom blessing is that you reap what you sow, you reap only after you sow, and you always reap more than you sow. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. And I thank God for his blessings. I thank God for his provision. I thank God that he supplies our every need. Hallelujah. Do you love the Lord today? Can you thank him? How many have found this to be true in your life? It's not a gimmick. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. No, sir. This is a kingdom principle that works over time. Amen. I don't do it one week and get upset because I don't get what I think I should get. It's due season. I keep planting and I keep sowing and I water and I do all that I can to harvest the seed. But I'm not going to get weary, Brother Keith, with that. I'm not going to get weary when I don't see what I think I ought to see because God is going to bring it to pass in some way. Some way. How many of you that you've watched the Lord keep the devourer from your house because of faithfulness to covenant tithing. He keeps the devourer. He protects us. Hallelujah. I could walk maybe to the gates of hell. Or or rather, I could could go to the glory of heaven. I mean, I'm talking about I could be all right and maybe, maybe I'll make it without tithing. I don't know. Will a man rob God? Maybe robbing God's not a good thing. Just saying. But how many of you want to go to heaven with, with plenty? Plenty contentment. Plenty peace. Then we sow that. Plenty blessings. Count your blessings today, right now. Would you close your eyes and begin to, not worrying about your problems, but count your blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. He is our provider. Hallelujah. If you've been blessed, why don't you... Step out here and just say, I'm thanking you, Lord, for the blessings of the covenant. I thank you for these keys, oh God, that unlocks the blessing. Would you step out and come to the altar today and let us just rejoice and thank God that he's our provider, that he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Never thought I would get to this point. But, oh God, you bless me. You prosper me. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, today. Hallelujah. Thank you for his blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.